Jer kind of like chuckle. You like played it off and chuckled, but and I, I just straight up called you out and was like, "You are embarrassed." And you think that this is cheesy and you're embarrassed. And he was just laughing kind of, but like still submitting to dancing with me. And it was a moment of like, we were kind of dying, cracking up laughter because. It was all true. Because we just were kind of owning how we felt in the moment. But like, I wanted to have this moment of dancing with Jer and Jer knew that I wanted that. So he was doing it, but we both knew that like, it sucked. Jer felt like it was cheesy. <laughs> it did not suck. It and did it not suck? No, it didn't. It was it great. It did And you even said to me, I, like, in the moment It reminded me. Dancing, listen, it reminded me why I love you. Yeah. And you even said to me, oh, well, that's a perfect reason then why. That's what I'm saying. It was great. Like, looking back on it, I hated it, but it was great. Welcome to Behind the Scenes Podcast. This show is full of stories, creative ideas, questions, and challenges with the hope of igniting and equipping you to be more intentional with your life. On this podcast, we take you behind the scenes of whatever we're learning and loving. Each episode will get you thinking about things you haven't before, spark meaningful conversations in your own life, and ignite you to love more creatively and intentionally. We hope this podcast feels like you're joining us for a campfire. Okay, we thought that we would start this episode with a little blast from the past. Mm -hmm rose and thorn for you guys because two really big things so first of all we'll start with the rose yes big huge rose is that if you pre-ordered our new journal memories of us it is shipping or Finally some shipping. of you might actually have it by now some of uh Maybe. If not, it's incredible. But it is so good. We finally got our first copy, held it in our hands for the first time, and we we're so pleased with how it turned out. It's yeah. beautiful. The quality is amazing. You're going to love it. If you have no idea what we're talking about right now, back in November, I think so. Sometime yeah. in November, we released a new journal called Memories of Us. It's a 50 year anniversary journal designed to commemorate your love story and record your favorite memories from your marriage and your love story. So yeah. it is the, meant to be an heirloom thing that can yeah. live on your shelf, but you pull out once a year on your anniversary. And the idea is, you know, if you're anything like us, you don't have your, or things can just get, be, tend to get, be scattered across the internet, the social webs, whether it be your, your vows or uh, your, how you met or your engagement story. And so the first part of this journal provides a, a space for you to like record all of those memories, all those stories. And then it's a 50 year journal where every year you get to record the growth of your love. Post, There's some reflection questions, post some a photo questions. And it's like Audrey said, it's supposed to be this heirloom quality journal that not only lasts 50 years, but it's something you can hand down to your kids, your grandkids, mm -hmm. and it can become this, this book of your love story, this book of your journey, of your, memories. of your story, yeah, of your memories that the family gets to hold and keep on to forever. Yeah. And so we're very so excited about it. It's shipping. If you got a copy, it should be shipping to you. And we're so pumped that it's going to be in your hands before Valentine's Day. Um, so we're super excited about that. Memories of Us on its way to you. Uh, more information about Memories of Us and when it's going to come back soon, but we're also going to share with you guys a thorn for this week, which really isn't a thorn for this week, but just a greater thorn. Because we're going to talk about it. a thorn of this it. podcast. <laughs> a thorn of the podcast. So. 
So we've been processing something all summer, and I believe it was the first episode of this season we said that we had something to share and didn't know when, and we've been processing it a lot, and I think this podcast, we're going to share it, and when we did our our true or false Q&A, a lot of the questions came back about the farm. What happened to the farm? So we are going to share a little bit about that and just give a little context for those of you interested. And yeah, it's... It's a hard thing for us to talk about. So just know that as you're listening, like, it's hard. Also know (laughs) that like, you're not going to have all the answers if you're interested and you have questions, you're not going to get all your answers. Yeah, There's an immense amount of context that needs to happen. We're just going to provide a micro snippet Mm -hmm. so that we can talk about things we're doing and interested in and have this kind of behind us. So yes. With that said, so we're we're going to start other things that we're going to talk about in this podcast. Uh, we, so like Jer said, we kind of did this true false thing. We thought it'd be fun. We've been seeing it floating around on the interwebs where you make a statement about us and we tell you if it's true or false. And so we shared on our beating 50% Instagram account, which is our Instagram for this podcast. And a lot of you guys dropped in your little statements about us and we will let you know if they are true or false. So we're going to play that little game towards the end of the podcast, but there's two kind of concepts we really wanted to talk about that we've been thinking about a lot lately before yeah, before that. And one of them, um, is something you've been talking, something I've been thinking thinking about a lot about lately, but I think it also really ties into our new book, creative love. And the second one is, just we get this question a lot and I think we have an interesting vantage point when it comes to this but that is roles within our relationship and kind of who does what and how we navigate that and well and I think for us how principal sharing ties into that yeah. and yeah what are you well say? and when people ask that I think they're looking for uh, relatability or affirmation or yeah guidance. Maybe conviction i don't know what it is we're gonna give you a little behind the scenes yeah and so we're (laughs) because it was a question we're gonna talk about it uh from just kind of from how we kind of do ours and also just our thoughts on it or briefly our thoughts on it but yeah and then we'll play the little true false game at the end of the show well you you also had a thought babe that you wanted to talk yeah so okay before the roles thing so This has been something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, and I thought about it a lot when we were writing Creative Love, and that is this concept of the fear of being cheesy in your marriage or in your relationship or in your love story. And I think like dating, cheesy can be what you might consider the exact opposite of creative, because if you're creative, then you're not cheesy, right? Or romantic. But I think it's actually this fear of being cheesy that holds us back from a lot of our best creative ideas or holds us back from trying new things because we're afraid it's going to yeah. be cheesy or we're embarrassed. And I just was thinking about that a lot when I was writing Creative Love and I've thought about it a lot just in seeing the response to Creative Love and the feedback that we've got from it and seeing people actually implement all the ideas that we have in the book and them not being afraid of being cheesy and them adding their own spin to it that that you might think like some people might think a lot of our ideas are cheesy and a lot of your ideas I might think are cheesy too. But the point is 
I think a lot of times we are crippled by this like, oh my gosh, you know, I really want to try this with my spouse or I wouldn't want, really want to do this for my spouse or I really want to express my love for him or her in this way, but what if they get shut down or what if they don't like it or what if they laugh or what if it's embarrassing or what if it's cheesy, especially in a dating relationship, mm-hmm. but I think it's just as true in marriage. And so for sure. I think it's something that I just kind of wanted to talk about and give a few little examples. Um, and babe, I'll let you share because literally like, the very, very beginning of meeting me, you did something that you were afraid was going to be really cheesy yeah. and ended up being like one of the most meaningful creative things that you've done for me. Well, it didn't just become one of the most meaningful creative things that I did for you, but it's something that still sits on our entryway table to remind us. 11 years later. 11 Woo-woo. years later to remind us that the story that we want to live is on is just on the other side of ego. Hmm. Yeah. It really, it's a pride thing. Totally. It's a pride thing. I didn't even think about that, but That's I mean, all, I have thought about that, but I mean, yeah, totally. maybe, especially for men, maybe, I don't mm-hmm. know, but mm-hmm. our ego, our pride, our words affect us and women, but like just so much. And like to be called silly or dumb or even to feel dumb. Mm-hmm. is such a wall that we have. Mm-hmm. It just holds us back because why not be safe in our own little castle? Totally. Own little castle of security and, you know, if... Oh, nice. Yeah, posting a note on the mirror, if she laughs and calls me cheesy, like, that might hurt more than having a, I don't want to say it, but, like, subpar... Uh, really they're not sh- trying anything. They're not trying anything. They're not anything. doing anything. They're not getting out of your comfort zone. They're not getting creative, like... I just feel like part of getting creative is like pushing past that pride and pushing past that fear of, ooh, will this be embarrassing? I'm silly. Yeah, silly, whatever. And I think like you, even if, like I'm just flashbacking to moments in our relationships where like Jer has laughed at me or turned something down that I've done that's cheesy or kind of chuckled and like part of me felt in the moment like but oh man even, shoot like I wanted this to be more meaningful than like he's acting like it is but then also the other part of me just laughs because I'm like it is it's cheesy. a moment to create laughter like or, and or, or babe you have to have those lightheartedness moments in your relationship too like yeah. sometimes that does just happen and so don't be overly sensitive is why I bring that up like I think that's a crucial component to this um if you're gonna go try something when your spouse tries something, okay, my brain just got lost in what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching her and she just stared off into the distance so trying to figure that out. But essentially, yeah. Anyways, oh, you didn't even tell your story. What? Oh, yeah, you did. What's the my story? The lantern. Did oh, you yeah. Even say what it was? No. So, the, so, oh, yeah. Jeez. Let's back up. So, <laughs> not only does it sit on our dresser to remind us of that, and then we got got off on the tangent of what ego, is it? Yeah, the lantern. But it all it also inspired in large part the question that in that I've always asked myself and inspired in part our first book, a love letter life and creative love and creative love <laughs> is what kind of love story do I want? Yeah, and. 
I was embarrassed to give Audrey a gift that I handmade and the circumstances might not have been right. And, and it was met. super weird. Timing, and it's like, it felt too early to give that gift. And like, I knew her mom would be there cheesy. and it's like, it's way over the top. And like, I just felt cheesy. I felt embarrassed. And I turned around, walked and was walking back to my rig to put it back in the trunk. Enneagram nine. What? <laughs> I just said Enneagram nine. Why? can't decide well i was so okay yeah. so i was walking back to put it in my trunk and as i was walking back i stopped and this question flew through my mind and that question was what kind of love story do i want do i want to tell the story of how i gave audrey who whoever she would become at the time my wife or this girl i once knew you know her favorite gift or do i want to tell the story of how i got too scared or embarrassed and put it back in the trunk of my car and it's still there today mm-hmm. and that was i remember that being a specific wall a hurdle a barrier that i had to push through and jump over in order to continue pursuing this love story that i wanted that i wanted to write and have read back to me one day. And so that gift, um, breaking through that wall of quote-unquote cheesiness or embarrassment was pivotal for us to, specifically me, yeah. but for us to continue engaging with one another in the way that we we wanted to. And I think also just, you know, that's played out in just so many aspects of our relationship, not just it's giving gifts that you are afraid might be cheesy, it's writing a letter or a note or a word of affirmation that you think might be cheesy. It's um, doing an act of service that you think might be cheesy. It's any way that you might express your love for them. Like there's so many different ways that fear, there's so many different ways of expressing your love for your person where fear can creep in and say, don't do that. You should be embarrassed or that's cheesy or that's silly or that's dumb. And oftentimes, I think it's the when we push past that and we do it anyway, those become our most creative stories and ideas. And those become the kind of love story that we want, like Jeremy said. Like, yeah. Th- those become the moments. It, like, it's some like, of the moments where I was most afraid of being cheesy become the moments that are most ingrained in my memory. Yeah. It's like resisting the friction of your love story in the same way resisting the friction of laziness might get you in shape. Like if you want to get in shape, you have to resist certain things. And one of those things is laziness or just, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever it might be. Um, you have to like resist it and, and engage with the thing you don't really want or the thing that's like, oh, but it'd be so much easier to do this or so much easier to not do it. Right. <laughs> but if you did push through it, you become someone that you actually want to be. And when we're th- talking about relationships and stories, resisting that fear of being perceived a certain way, that ego that creeps up is the thing that needs to be resisted to write the story that you want. Mm-hmm. Totally. Good thought, babe. Yeah. And I'll even just, I'm going to put Jared on the spot and share another story of just cheesiness that <laughs> just something that happened recently where, uh oh, what? Do you even know what I'm going to say? No, not at all. Yeah. Um, (laughs) so for context, Jeremy does not like to dance. Oh, sheesh. And our 
first song for our wedding was I Don't Dance. And because Jeremy, of the title. Jeremy doesn't like to dance. Jeremy gifted me for Christmas two years ago. Not this past Christmas, but the Christmas before that. Dance lessons, but then COVID happened and we never did them. So he got his escape free pass. Boom. <laughs> But couldn't have planned that. I like to dance, and I grew up dancing. Anyways, so I think, though, like, okay, well, back to, I'll just tell the story really quick. So, like, a couple weeks ago, we were getting ready to sit down and watch our show late at night, and we were kind of debating, like, well, should we watch our show? we kind of just been wanting to finish the show so we can be done with it, or should we do something else, read stuff? Just sit and stare at the fire, literally clean the house more. Like, you know, those I'm sure if you're listening right now and you're married, you probably have the same kinds of conversations. Like, what do we do with hours before we go to bed after our kids go to bed? Yeah. Or, I mean, I mean, or, yeah, or just watch a show or, yeah, exactly. Be on Instagram. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not a good choice. But, anyways, we basically, we had like music playing in our living room and I just, grabbed Jer's hands and I made him stand up and start dancing with me and Jer kind of like chuckle you like played it off and chuckled and I just straight up called you out and was like you are embarrassed and you think that this is cheesy and you're embarrassed and he was just laughing kind of but like still submitting to dancing with me and it was a moment of like we were kind of dying cracking up laughter because it was all true. <laughs> because we just were kind of owning how we felt in the moment. But, like, I wanted to have this moment of dancing with Jer. And Jer knew that I wanted that, so he was doing it. But we both knew that, like, it sucked. Jer felt like it was <laughs> cheesy. It did not suck. <laughs> and did it not suck? No, it didn't. It was it didn't. great. And you even said to me, I, like, in the it moment reminded when you were dancing, me, listen, it reminded me why I love you. Yeah, and you even said to me, oh, well, that's a perfect reason then why. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It was great. Like, looking back on it, I hated it, but it was great. You did not hate it because in the moment, you even told me, you were like, yeah, I don't know if you said this is why I love you, but you were like, you are you said you're good for me. I said you're good for me, First, yeah. Because you just were like, you I needed to get pushed past I needed to get pushed past my ego. And you don't like to do things ego. that you're not good at, but it ended up being really funny, and we danced around in our kitchen for like, 30 minutes and we had a great night and we didn't watch our show or do anything else. We we're super present with each other and it was just fun. And like, yeah, that's a good I story, babe. I didn't lot, know you were going to share that. I think a lot of people like you think about dancing, right? Okay. I think a lot of people probably listening to this right now, like they might think dancing with their spouse is cheesy. That might be one of those things. That's like a stereotypical cheesy things like dancing in the kitchen with your spouse. Yeah. But it's like, why? Cause culture told us that it is or, because you're afraid that your spouse won't like it. Even Jeremy, you know, I was afraid that Jeremy wouldn't like it. But, like, my point in that, or I guess there's a lot of takeaways that you could take from this, but, like, I just think it's interesting that, like, even though Jeremy still thought it was cheesy, it still became a moment of laughter, and it'll still be something that we always remember because I pushed past my fear of, like, oh, this could be cheesy, but, like, I still want to do this, and this is the kind of love story I want. I want a love story where like we don't just watch our show right now. I want to like laugh and listen to an album that we really like and dance with my husband in our house and just talk and have a present night with each other. You know, that's like, that good, was the kind of love story that I want. So, anyways, whatever that is for you, maybe you think writing love notes is the cheesiest thing ever, and 
Maybe you think, you know, rubbing your spouse's feet is cheesy. Maybe you think, I, I don't know whatever it, it is for you, but I would just encourage you like today, tonight, because now is a better time than ever. Think of something that you've wanted to do in your marriage or relationship or try, but you haven't done because you're afraid that it was cheesy or because you're embarrassed and just do it. Yeah. And have the expectation that they might laugh at you. But then if they do, go with it because it still might be one of the best moments. Yeah, laughter is rarely bad. Yeah. So, anyways. Babe, that, was a, that was a good story. I'm inspired. Thanks, babe. <laughs> I am. I didn't know you were going to share that. Yeah. And you sharing it reminds me, man, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Sheesh. Gosh, I should share more things on the podcast so I get that kind of a response. <laughs> uh, okay, moving right along. <laughs> okay, roles. We want to talk about roles. Yeah, roles. Shifting gears, man. This is such a big... It's such a big topic. We talked about this a little bit on a beating 50% live. Like We did. A while back. Guys, yeah, if we, I love tuning, I love doing beating 50% lives because it's, we just rich, we just love you guys. We, we love the folks that engage with beating 50% because you're there for that reason. And it's just so fun. And also, can we just say beating 50% people, our five year anniversary of launching beating 50% is this Valentine's day. That means for five I know so many of you guys have been With following us, us from, from our the beginning. eating 50% launch party that we did five years ago, Sheesh. which is so yeah. wild. But so what, I, what I was going to say is we usually go off on our BD50 lives because we- We just go deep. We, we, go, go, deep. we go deep and we know who we're talking to. And you guys are fun to talk to and engaging and yeah. interesting and you spark meaningful conversations. Well, and it's no secret- this is one of the problems, not problems, but with, yeah, it is actually a problem with social media. But when you have such a large following, you can't talk. You can't talk to everybody. You because can't you don't talk know to everyone. Wants. So you have to talk to someone. But then also sometimes you end up talking to no one. Or but everyone, you're still which talking. is kind of no one. Yeah. Being 50%, is, it's like we know who we're babe, talking to. Do I have permission to go off on like a weird little tangent? No, is it going to be about social media? It's going to be about the church. Um, sure. Save it. <laughs> save it for a, a live. Short I'll save it for a beating fifty live. Okay. How about that? Yeah, that's a good, good. That's good. Dangle that carrot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the last time we did a beating fifty live, someone asked us uh, a pretty serious question about uh, persecution, and I I started to talk, and then our phone died. And uh, both our phones were, yours was dead. We went to mine and mine died, I think. And remember that? Yeah. And I still get DMs. People were like, what are you going to say? He died at like a critical point. A critical juncture. So we'll, anyways, yeah, never mind. Sorry, guys. Roles in our relationship. Roles in our relationship. Okay. It's a big, big, big topic. We're not going to obviously cover all the bases, but we're just going to talk about us and some thoughts. Did you have some thoughts, babe? I just shared my whole thought about the cheesiness thing. You so I one. think roles, you know, there are, man, it's, 
how should we start this? So for Audrey and I, let's just start there. We have a interesting dynamic, interesting situation that Mm -hmm. to be just frank, probably isn't that relatable to a lot of you. Mm. Right, babe? Maybe aspects of it, yeah. Aspects of it, maybe, but but everybody would probably feels that way about their story that the aspects of it are yeah. Not so may- maybe it is. Maybe that was presumptuous, but we uh, share a lot of the duties in our relationship. Right. You're the mom. I'm the dad. I watch the kids sometimes while you work. Uh, you watch the kids sometimes while I work. I cook dinners sometimes. You cook dinners most times. Definitely most times. Um, but you make meat. Yeah, but there's man. What were, what were we going to talk about well, for this? We I talked about this a little bit before the. A podcast. lot of people ask, like you know, roles wise, like Jeremy and I. I know some people in their marriage relationship have very clearly defined roles, and circumstances or maybe it's because structures force that though right i was just gonna say that maybe because circumstances or your jobs or whatever it is force that or maybe it's because you actually intentionally sat down and set those roles into place well like you said you're gonna do the dishes always and i'm gonna take out the trash always you're gonna take care of the babies and i'm gonna go to work like maybe it's because you've actually made that decision or it could be because you have no other choice but i also want to say like one of the problems i see with culture is this big pushback on science well they don't think it's a pushback on science but like nature has these built-in structures that men and women kind of live in Mm -hmm. and the fact that women have the glory of growing a child bringing it into this life and becoming a mother Mm -hmm. that is a massive massive blessing Mm -hmm. it is the it, I mean, it, we wouldn't be a race without without it. Uh, it's same as Animal Kingdom in so many ways, but uh, that is a built-in natural mm-hmm. event that happens. That uh, I don't want to say forces a role on women, but it just invites a structure mm-hmm. to the home. Yeah, it's a good way to say it. And I think, in large part, Christianity specifically paints a very logical. Uh, picture on how that can best be adapted, accepted, and lived in within the confines of that structure Mm -hmm. because it all makes sense. And again, I mentioned Christianity, but there's lots of, uh, you know, beliefs out there and the world is rapidly changing with some micro adjustments to a lot of beliefs, Mm -hmm. but the core concepts are all kind of still there and we all have the same amount of data to go off of, I personally believe after analyzing a lot of data that the Christian picture just makes the most sense. It answers the most amount of questions. It, in my opinion, is the smallest leap of faith when it comes to accepting a worldview. Um, Okay, whoa, that could be its own podcast, but okay. That could be its own (laughs) podcast. Yeah, well, when I say it makes the most amount of sense... Yeah, when I say it makes the most amount of sense, what I mean is in order to prove another worldview, and this is just my opinion, it would take a larger leap of faith to come to the same conclusions that Christianity offers. Now, getting back to roles, yeah, I was just gonna... sorry, getting back to roles, I just say that because I mentioned Christianity. 
getting back to rules, I think Christianity paints kind of a, a a picture that makes a lot of sense given the confines that nature forces on our species. Let's say. Yeah. I Sorry, think, did I just yeah. did I just no. blow up? Yeah, you went a little uh, theological or whatever. You- yeah, that, I know that that okay. probably needs a lot of context, but or, or another podcast. But I think those. My, that, my point, hold on, babe. Let me maybe yeah, frame. Yeah, yeah. My point in saying all of that is, um, you know, I I personally do think that it makes a lot of sense that roles are a lot of parts of our roles are generally defined by who who we are, like men and women, male female. Mm-hmm. Audrey and I used to work fifty fifty in our work. Um, we are now starting to realize that that's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. And we don't really talk about a lot of what we do. And, you know, one of the Q&A questions that we're going to get to later is like, do we still, you know, well, we'll get to that later. But um, uh, we realized that Audrey's a mom of two kids. We would love to have another kid very soon. And and more kids and after more that. kids after so that. And like, what's the plan? What's for- the plan? Because us working fifty fifty and Audrey being a mom because of her, because she's um, you know. But like also, it's it doesn't the, make sense. And so the my, nature of our jobs though aren't so clear cut that it's fifty fifty. It's like sometimes it's a hundred percent me, yeah, and a hundred percent you with kids, and sometimes it's a hundred percent you and a hundred percent me with kids because we have these massive fluctuations. Yeah, with like write a book, take a break. Market a book, take a break. Launch yeah. a podcast, new season. Write a journal, take a break. Do you know what I mean? Like totally. we have these weird inflection points in our work where it's like not very routine, and that's been interesting. And I think that's also part of why we've never really had super clearly defined roles because a our roles change a lot. We like have had to be really adaptable. Of like, well, in some seasons, like. Yeah, you are the one like doing all of the dishes and doing all of the cleaning because we have a newborn or because I'm doing the editing for a book (laughs) or because whatever it might be. And in other seasons, you know what I mean? And so I think, though, one of the points that I kind of wanted to make about this is, and just to tie in a concept that we talk about a lot, the principle of sharing, to tie the principle of sharing to roles in your relationship I think it can be a really powerful thing if your husband always takes a certain role, like always does a certain role, whether that was a role that was placed on them because of your job or your external circumstances or a role that you chose, like he genuinely likes it or you just designated that it's probably best that he does it. But you decide to go do it one day, not necessarily to like help him or but just to gain vantage point and gain perspective. I think that alone can be such a powerful thing in a relationship. Yeah. Like I don't necessarily want Jeremy to wake up in the middle of the night with me every single night when I'm feeding a newborn. But I want him to wake up in the night with me one or two times to gain perspective and have vantage point and just feel like he's in it with me. Yeah. And I think we've always kind of operated in this way that's sort of different to a lot of our friends where like we do that a lot. Like we just randomly decide to switch roles sometimes because we want to change things up a little bit or yeah. we want to gain perspective or we want to grow or we want to understand each other more. And I think that can kind of spice things up in your relationship. So if you're someone that has really clearly defined roles, like 
just pick one thing to just like just to change things up just to you know jolt some new perspective into your relationship like and and i also will say so you're yeah you're talking a lot about tasks and random things i was talking household things could be things with the kids could be making a decision yeah all those maybe sometimes you always make like for example I'm usually the person in our relationship to make like the health decisions when it comes to our kids, like what kind of supplements we take and, you know, how we treat rashes and burns and cuts and and scrapes and doctor appointments. And like, I'm usually that person because A, I'm passionate about it and interested in it and just have more of an act for it than Jeremy. And that's, that's probably the main reason. But like every now and then, like, it's good if Jeremy can be put in a position where he has to make a, a decision well, for, like our, for our kids' health. Like immediate example, you told me, Jared, it's your decision if you want to get Bodhi circumcised or not. Yes, exactly. That's and, a perfect and, example. And I, I was, you know, I had to make that decision. Yeah. Uh, and it was great vantage point. Like, yep, oh, totally. wow. Like I thought these decisions came easy. <laughs> yeah. And, it's- and, and, and then I researched it and thought about it a lot and was like, oh, my God goodness there is a serious this isn't a a this is not a obvious answer right <laughs> after and, i looked into it for a half second so that's like kind of a more serious one and this is kind of a silly one but like you know jeremy i don't know if we've talked about this in the podcast before but jeremy always drives that's a role in our marriage and relationship he just always drives 90% of the time. Yeah. And a lot of the time is because I give Audrey time. It's like the oh, kid. I'm just hold on. Let me finish okay, my thought. Sorry. So Jeremy usually drives mostly because you love driving. You don't love me driving. And a lot, a lot of our relationship, we've only owned cars that only you can drive. Yes. So we've just kind of defaulted to like Jeremy always drives. But every now and then I'll drive and Ember from the backseat will go, Mama, why are you driving? Why are you driving? She's so confused by it. It's just so, and we realize like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's weird. But in that moment, I think actually genuinely, like, it's good for Ember to see me to drive. Like, I think yeah, that that's totally. Good. And it's also, like, well, she drives like, with you alone, then, but like, when I'm in totally, the car. I know, but it's good for her to see me drive when you're in the car. When I'm in the car, yeah. And then we can have a little conversation about it. We're like, you know, daddy likes to drive. And so, yeah, daddy, daddy likes to, to drive. Like, we just fully tell her why. Yeah, and, and, and it's also good because I gain the perspective when I'm driving of like the res- time that a the time that I have in the car to do certain things that Jeremy doesn't have that time because he's usually driving. And then on the flip side of that, Jeremy gains the perspective when he's in the passenger seat of like what I get to get done when I'm in that passenger seat. Because he's never in the passenger seat. So when he's sitting in the passenger seat, he can be working or doing other things or replying to people or whatever. And he realizes, like, it's just an interesting vantage point to have, you know? Like, you get to sit in that seat, literally, pun intended. And so I think that that is just, you know, think of something in your relationship and just flip it. Like, it doesn't have to be a serious, it could be a silly thing. Start with a silly thing. Maybe that's more approachable for you. Maybe you always drive. Maybe you always change the kitty litter. Just say, hey, I want to drive. <laughs> yeah, and just switch it up, you know? Or when okay. he go, uh, yeah, that's good. We, I might have gotten, I might have gotten a little wild. Maybe uh, won't. Yeah, I might have gotten a little wildly there. <laughs> we got a game to play. My brain went down a couple rabbit holes, but if more context is needed, maybe we make that, a, like I said, a beating 50 live. Okay. Because what I was going to say is you were talking more roles 
as you just laid out, and practical I was roles, I was talking I'm more. So you're talking biblical roles. I was well, not even biblical roles. I'm just talking based on pure, you know, uh, just based on the roles that are somewhat forced upon us. You know, like I'm forced to be like, a dad. You're forced to be oh, a yeah. mom. Right. And just a we didn't to we that. didn't necessarily choose that, but there's a rhythm to that, and it's forced us to make certain decisions because of that. Mm-hmm. And so, but I, what I'm saying is, I might have gotten a little wildly yeah, there. Yeah, that's so kind of made me different. We'll then. see how that pans out. And yeah, we'll see. How you pans guys out. hit us up. Let, let us know your thoughts. <laughs> that's kind of how we usually feel. We'll just see how that pans out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's not true. We do think about things very intently. We do, but we sometimes we say, but we out. do try to, but stay pretty. We have a high level know. of trust for each other, and and you guys, but yeah. okay. okay. True and false. Yeah. Truer and falsers. So we took your guys's statements about us, and we will let you know if they are true or false. Babe, you want to alternate on these, or how you want to do it? Uh, I'll go through them. You'll go through all of them. Sheesh. Yeah. We can switch. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. True what? or false? You never fight with Audrey. False. Oh. We aren't big fighters, though. Yeah, we're not. We like. Have can I say something? Opinionated, real quick? heated fellowship disagreements. Yes. Well, also Audrey can be very stubborn. And oh, Jeremy can be very stubborn. Yeah, we both can be very stubborn, <laughs> but Audrey can be very assertive, and her way's the highway. Okay. Ask. What's your fault? What? What's your fault? Since you're putting nobody asked what my fault is. They said. Oh, so the reason we fight is because I'm really assertive? Oh, bless you. <laughs> no, they said you never fight with Audrey. They didn't say, Audrey, do you ever fight with Jer? Oh, my gosh. Takes so, two to tango. It does. Chapter in Creative Love takes two to tango. Takes two to tango. Literally, it's called that. Um, oh, wow. You're, you're waving our, our book at me. <laughs> That's funny. I think Emerson Egridge has a thing about that. Okay. We, uh, do, we don't fight yeah, often. no. We don't have like oh. heated fights. We don't. We do not. Rarely ever. To we be resolve quickly. We resolve quickly. And mostly that. Well, also, we have. St- I need that. We also have <laughs> strategies to resolve. Okay, what are those strategies? Well, again, we talk about that in both of we our books. We do talk about that in Two to Tango. Yeah, but um, yeah, you never fight with Audrey. Yeah, that would be. I mean, like we definitely have our have our heated fellowship moments. We cannot take this long on each one. I know. Bless us. You miss little people, big world. False. False. Great experience. Glad it all happened. It prepared us and and gave us opportunities that we're, you know, taking advantage of now, I guess you could say. But we do not miss it, at least the current version of it leaving it has given us the opportunity to do everything that we're doing now yes but we would leave it 100 times over yeah you still get money from little people big world i don't know why but a few people ask this no not we don't false you never did right you never got like rerun no i think i think they're called royalties and they are called royalties you never got them nope (laughs) audrey knew who jeremy was before you met True and false. Like, I knew who you were. I knew of... Did you know I was famous? I knew that you were famous. 
but I didn't know. I'd never did seen you, the show. And you did, but you didn't care, obviously. Uh, <laughs> what do you mean, obviously? Well, you didn't look my direction for a uh, year after. Yeah. But I definitely, yeah, I I knew who you were and I knew that you were part of a TV show. And obviously I was prefaced by that before the date. But I didn't know like much about it. And I'd never been to pumpkin season and I'd never seen the show. Yeah. So kind of true and false. True or false? Jeremy and you, Audrey, are still friends with Mueller. And Destiny, his wife. And yes, Destiny. Some of our best friends. Yes, they're some of our best friends. We hang out with them. All the time. Yep. Destiny True. also does oils and young living with me and has since the very beginning. Yep. So we work alongside each other and our kids are really close. So Yeah, they're some of our closest friends, which is awesome. We we love the Mueller's. True or false? Oh, whoa, this is in your... <laughs> Way to speak your emotions. I haven't even seen these yet. Audrey put in half of these. True or false? You will get the COVID vaccine. False. I mean, at this point, false for sure. At this point? I'm just saying that because no, I don't know. No, legalities. Who knows what that's going to happen in the it, world? It doesn't. From We don't need to talk about it. Yeah. That's our personal choice. Our decision. personal choice is, and, and from all the data we've read, it wouldn't make too much sense at this point for us yeah and well and i will just speak candidly to one thing in regards to that there have been plenty of articles and information coming out in regards to the covid vaccine warning pregnant women or women who want to get pregnant to not take the vaccine so we want to have more kids and so yeah, just, it, it just, it isn't like a blanket, like absolutely no, absolutely. Of course. Why would I not? Let me do it. And you know, it, we're just thinking a little bit harder about it, but true or false. You had a will prepared early in your marriage. It's a really interesting question. Yeah. It was a very interesting question. Uh, we didn't, we didn't, but I'm working on one right now, actually. It's something that we've been kind of like kicking ourselves that we don't have. Yeah. It's a it's super really hard. It's hard. It's a. <sighs> Yeah, so we're getting. Just I mean, as that process, as of, our company develops and our family grows and all the things, we're we're in that process right now, and it's just something that we've been. You know, we've been doing a lot of stuff and writing books and trying to, you know, grow what we want to do, and so that's just kind of been a little bit on the back burner. But you all should do it. It's a super amazing idea, and highly recommend it more than just amazing idea but yeah but i mean it's God. it's it, when you look into it it is you've got you, you should do it especially if you have kids yeah for sure you want a third baby soon true, true. definitely true or false you were virgins when you got married true true although you can read i forget what chapter it is i think it's 7 in a love letter life we titled that chapter losing the purity the battle the purity battle because no. Yeah. Is that what it's titled? Yeah. Oh, it's been a while. Losing the period of battle. Um, because while we were virgins, we were not saints and we definitely messed up when it comes to purity on the road to yeah. our, our wedding day. So And I mean we it's and by we the grace it is by the grace <laughs> of God that we can say that to this question. So yeah, totally. True or false, you never swear. False. False. Unfortunately, 
Yeah. Kind of a dirty habit. But and, and we don't okay, well, we don't really swear. We just it's just one word. Yeah. And you made me do it. <laughs> I did make you do I it. I never swear before you. I mean, swearing you. is swearing is kind of an interesting thing. I think a lot of it, I mean, I don't know. Some of it is it's like a self dis. It's his reactionary word. Jared's reactionary word is the S word. Four letter S word. Yeah. And it just comes out. Like when, like for example, if I stub my toe, that's just the just, thing that it's comes the out. Worst thing every time, and, and it's not good. Yeah. I know. We we need to get that under wraps. Because we got kids now and and all that. But um, as far as like is swearing like a sin and all this stuff, like you know, I, I mean the, it literally means oh, poop. Boy. It literally means poop. But maybe we're not supposed to say it because of a discipline thing, you know? Yeah. And so there's there's a lot into that. But we'll, again, don't have time today to talk about it. True or false? You're wanting to travel when COVID is over. Um, True? I mean, everyone wants to travel when COVID's over, right? Like, everyone yeah. wants to go somewhere. Um, I would also say, like, we also want to go somewhere. I know there are places that are open and you can go to now. And, like, yeah. we're wanting to go somewhere. Now we're just kind of trying to figure out the best place is to go. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Do you want to go back to this one? Yeah. True or false, you plan on writing more books? Uh, True? Yes. True. But timeline, don't know when. Uh, we don't have, yeah. we're, you know, wow. We We have two books and We're kind of in journals. this season of life More projects coming where we're in like the we're like having kids and growing our family and establishing and also working really hard yeah but like we can't do it all you know and so many people in our space are done having kids or don't have kids we have really good friends all across mm. the country that are in one of those two camps and we are like one of two i think that like have kids and are actively doing like writing books and doing the tours and all that stuff and the the podcast and so we're we're gonna pause a little bit as far as traditionally published books go mm -hmm. but we always have projects work you know going on and yeah we the love time, it so we're definitely gonna be still working on stuff and releasing stuff and trying yes. to help people live a more intentional life and pursue the love story they want read back to them all that stuff but as far as the energy and work and time that goes into a traditionally published book which would be like through publishing company can we say the contract name oh yeah this is another cool thing not a true or false question but really cool this is the first as of the launch, the launch of, creative, of love. creative love it is the first time in audrey's and my marriage that we are not obligated under a contract under a contract which is really cool whether it's a TV contract or a book contract, which again, both those things are blessings. Like yeah. we were super awesome. Like it was a dream of my it's life. Just to get out of it's just an interest. But it's just, yeah, it's totally weird new space for us to be in where it's like, we don't have deadlines looming in the future. We can decide let's create this product or let's do this. But like, we're not at the mercy yeah, or, of someone else's or like let's start schedule. another podcast. Like or, we can yeah. really kind of just, just use our fun. time and energy to do what we want, and mm -hmm. and it's a space that we haven't been in in a while, so it's really cool. Okay, you want God's will more than anything else. True. True. Definitely. True or false, Odge? You're a crunchy mom. I'll let you answer that. True, <laughs> and I love it. Uh, you guys are living a debt-free life. True. 
except for we except for a house. Yeah, we do, but that's intentional. Like we, you know, which it's still debt. Like it yeah, is debt, it's but still technically debt. Uh, but yes, we are. Yeah, do you want to talk more about that or not right now? Oh, <laughs> Just, uh, we could. I think there's another question down here okay. about uh, next question. We got to keep cruising. You did an all natural birth. True. Like yes. If you mean unmedicated birth, yes, true. Both times. Um, a, a question that I don't think is in here, but that came through on mine is true or false. Someone, and I want to set the record straight, really. You look down on people that have a medicated birth. No. Yeah, it's false. false. Like, I don't know, but some people think Any, like. I. <laughs> Any way that you bring a baby into the world is a freaking miracle and you get to decide how, well, sometimes you don't get to decide. So like, again, I, there's literally, that's well, my well, that's choice. That's why it's and a miracle. There may come a day with a baby that we have where I don't, where that choice, I don't get to make that choice. Maybe I do need a C-section at some point. Maybe I do need, you know, whatever it is. And it's like, at that it's point, totally like, fine. that's again, it's okay. Um, so. There's absolutely but zero the po- judgment the point, for that Yeah, the point whatsoever. is just my choice. That my person obviously doesn't know you very well, but yeah. sorry, I had to ask it just to say it. True or false? It was love at first sight. False. True. <laughs> hmm. No, it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty. You would say that. I now? was pretty swooned. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason. I, why would I have pursued you if, if you it always, wasn't? We always say it was interest. At Sometimes first sight. you don't know what love is. Mm-hmm. But you know you have to do something. And that having to do something, a.k.a. pursue you, was love. It just wasn't the... That's kind of the first time you've ever said that. It wasn't the Hollywood Hallmark version of love. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. I don't think you've ever actually said that, though. I mean, there's so many stages of love and it manifests itself in so many ways. We always think of the Hollywood version of love, though, and you're right. It yeah, kind of like, was for you. It kind of was for me, totally. Like, I just totally didn't know it. I just didn't now. know it really. Wow. That's cool, babe. <laughs> <laughs> True or false? Audrey is older than Jeremy. False. Jeremy's a year older than me. I turned 30 this year. Jeremy turned 30 last year. True or false? Your books and journals are directed toward Christian couples only. False, 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 false. If only Christian couples can have an intentional marriage and communicate, then maybe true. But we all know that's not true. <laughs> yeah. Now, that being said, we believe... We definitely talk. We believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe in the inerrancy of the Bible. And so we our... We speak from that vantage point. We speak from sure. that vantage point, and that's where a lot some of our perspective comes from Mm -hmm. but you know again and we credit that perspective like we quote scripture and we do you know yeah but again that doesn't mean you can't read it and benefit especially the journals like yeah you know and the books both of them like totally yeah true or false you love living in portland where are you You skipped ahead no just right here oh Uh i did skip ahead sorry um, you're skipping my, uh, you're a young living diamond. True or false, you're a young living diamond. True. True. Very exciting. Next, you love living in Portland. False. We don't live in Portland. We like our, yeah, we don't technically, I mean, our address Portland, is Portland. But, but we but live outside of Portland. But do we, we live, love living in the Portland area? Mm, 
not really. We're mostly there because our family and the farm and our friends. Yeah, and your parents. Which is a really your, good reason your, to be your there. Parents, <gasps> your your parents' farm. Yes, my parents' farm. Uh, so, so there's there's like obviously I mean that's where we grew up it's our life we love the Pacific know, Northwest though, hold on we, we love, love Bend. we love the area but but um I don't know we we just live in the burbs yes that I was that's why I was gonna say like they know we have talked forever on the podcast about Bend, like Bend and we just we love small town vibe and outdoor things and activities and where we live doesn't offer. A ton of that. You have to drive. Oh, it to doesn't get to offer. It. Whereas yeah. we, when we lived in Bend, you have rivers, mountains, tons of lakes, tons of camping. You have a town. Stop. With Wait. Disclaimer. Everything local. Ben sucks. Don't move here. Yeah. Ben sucks. Don't move here. <laughs> we don't live there anymore. We left, but we miss it a lot. And we, I think, are I think, truly, where we live has a if, lot of cool stuff. Yes, totally. And like, and obviously, it has our family and friends, which is cooler. And than, it's beautiful. Yeah. But I, we are also processing like, man, it does rain a lot and you know, it, it's. And having kids and not being able to go outside as much and, and we having have, to drive really far to get to the mountain or drive really far to get to the river or drive really far to get to the lake or there's or the no coast. real town. You can't build like, it's harder to make random stranger friends in Portland. Yeah. Like everyone's kind of doing their own thing and they're Whereas zipping. like when you walk around Bend, it's like you see someone slacklining, you just go up to them or you're sitting in a coffee shop and like you're just talking or, and there's also a lot of entrepreneurs there, which is just kind of relatable yeah. to us. So yeah. Wow. That's long winded answer to yeah. that one. Interesting question. True or false. You want to own a home in central Oregon one day. <laughs> that was a good lead in. Yeah. True. True. Sure. True or false, you're going to sell the VW bus to my hubby. <laughs> I didn't see that. Uh, false, at least for now, right now. True or false, you avoid dairy and gluten. False. False. Audrey but did we're for- we're mindful of it. Yeah. I was gluten-free for seven years and avoided dairy for a while too because I had a lot of gastrointestinal issues. And I think we try to minimize, like Jeremy and I, we eat pretty healthy, but we do eat a lot of cheese- yeah. And yeah. True or false? Like you don't watch LPBW. True. True. True or false? Jeremy doesn't cook. False. false. Jeremy I does, do but do cook. But predominantly I do. And Jeremy yeah. mostly I'm learning. cooks grills and does the meat. I'm starting to be the grill master. And pit he master. cooks breakfast for the kids a lot. Like you do, babe. True or false? Within the next two years, you will be purchasing a farm. We hope. True. Yeah. Lord willing, true. True or false, you want to homeschool your kids? Don't know. Yeah, I don't know how to answer that, actually. Don't know. Don't know. True or false, you visit Roloff Farms often. People ask that a lot. True. We have an, our office is still there, so we go there when we work the days that we work in the office. True or false, Jer blurts things a lot that Aj has had to learn to laugh off and vice versa. True. True. <laughs> or I have to, yeah, give context or whatever. True or false, you're often on set for Little People Big World, but you're just not filmed. False. false. True or false, waiting for marriage was difficult. True. True. Very. True or false, you follow Dave Ramsey baby steps. True, we never yeah. have been like super, super serious about it, but definitely way more interested in about it. And especially so, like our well, mentors I, when we got married gave us 
the Dave Ramsey Baby Steps book. What's it called? Financial Freedom. Uh, no, yeah. Money. Total Money Makeover. Total Money Makeover. And we like browse through it. We knew what we the think, baby steps we were. We think they're great. And we've done all, all the steps. Yeah. We, uh, so one of, yeah. It's kind of a bigger conversation. It's We're a bigger conversation. About, We're very excited to talk about it. In uh, essence, yes. And we do believe in being debt free. And we have always worked towards that and becoming debt free. And, yeah. but I mean, we've also been super fortunate to, like neither Jeremy or I had college debt, which was a huge blessing because I got a scholarship for running and Jeremy. I used a lot of my from his savings from, from the, show the show to for his pay college. for college. Yeah. So we basically, that was a huge blessing for us in starting off our marriage. But in essence, yes, we believe in it. Um, yeah. And uh, Dan, who, as you guys, as yeah. most of you probably know, who works for us, is really, really into finance. One of the reasons he works for us is because it's just not quite the way spreadsheets and as our company grew, just all of the data and P&Ls and all this stuff, it's just not the way our brains, it's not where we needed to spend our energy. So Dan came in in large part to help us figure all that stuff out and he is just a, a genius, incredible, incredible when it mm-hmm. comes to all of that, everything, money, how to manage it, how to, and more than just money. Like he is so incredible yeah. and has so many skills. And we actually want to introduce you guys to him more because he's such an integral part of what we do. Yeah, huge. And share, and we always call him our third brain. And you guys probably see, like, you know, just recently last week we did our Q1 quarterly offsite for our company and just kind of talked about the year and plans for the podcast and plans for books and plans for new projects and what we're going to be optimizing and, and content and, and beating 50 people and- we're going to be connecting with and collaborating with and all this stuff. And like, he is just like the master of behind organizing behind that, it all. project, managing that finance, number crunching, spreadsheet, yeah. and email sending. And he's just great. We that, want you guys to know him more. That being said, you will be hearing a lot more from Dan probably in the coming months or this year. And he's been working on a project that we're really excited to talk about. And he also has an Instagram debt-free community. Yes. It's where a lot of these people that that become debt-free, a lot of their freedom stories are kind of shared if there. If you're on that debt-free journey or you're going through baby steps, like you need to follow debt-free community. Yeah. For sure. It's literally just debt-free community on Instagram. You nev- yeah. Oh, next one. You want to do it? Uh yeah. You never go to sleep upset with each other. I would say predominantly true. Hardly yeah, predom- predominantly true. But we did learn early on in our marriage. We used to, did we used to fight more or something? Or like, did we used to know. get mad at each other more at night? No, I don't think so. Because I, yeah, I remember ve- a few very, times very early rarely. in our marriage, though, when like we did go to bed mad. And I remember like me and my eightness wanting to resolve it and like stay up with you until one. And then we had this epiphany moment of realizing like actually probably better for us to just realize we're going to go to bed, still kiss goodnight. Cause we, we kiss goodnight <clears throat> every single night, but then wake up yeah. and finish the conversation. Cause like, you're really not going to, are you going to have that much progress and by your more progress by staying up till two when you're already really tired and have already talked. Yeah. At long. some point it's like, good. Go to bed. It's good to just go to bed and be rested. <laughs> yeah. True or false, you're avid readers. True. True. I would say the last... Uh, also false. Also false. The last couple... <laughs> well, I want to be more... Uh, yeah, the last couple... Or I would say the last year. 
and we've mentioned this on recently on the podcast. We've spent a lot of time reading the news, if you can even call it that anymore. Propaganda is more likely. Just all of it. All of it. It's just it's narrative pushing, and you all feel it. You all know it. It's just all chaos and agendas and I don't know. It's you could hear one thing on one side and the other thing on the other side, and then you don't know it's true. So then you go research, and then point is what's we've true, been distracted from reading, trying to figure out what's going on in the world and we're hoping to get back to books this year and just realize like okay i feel like there's just been this pressure to stay on top of everything like what's happening with covid and what's happening with politics and what's happening with this that like we're reading so much information and you know on top of working having kids and all of that it's just a lot and as a mom with young kids it's really hard to make time to just like read yeah it's just hard to do, I especially think as a working a lot, mom. A lot of you probably need to hear that. It's just hard, but um, man, there, there's is, so there's so much there yeah. <laughs> with the can I just opened. But working together is sometimes frustrating. True, but mostly we love. Working we love together. it. We love it. But yeah, it definitely can like, be frustrating. And our work has its frustrations, but not so much like. It's not as much that we get frustrated by the fact that we work together. Yeah. It's more that we get frustrated by our work. Mm, yeah. Right? Like a problem or a fire we need to put out or, right? Yeah, but we also, you out. know, as like we put on the coworker hat, you yeah. know, babe. Mm-hmm. And so like you can get frustrated at the way your coworker does or does not do things. And so, yeah, there's times where we're like, man, but for the most part, majority of the yeah. time, we love it. It's super great. True or false, you want to raise your kids on a farm one day. True. 100% true. Thousand percent. This one came in maybe twice, three times. True or false, you only have Christian friends. Deaf false. Pretty ridiculous, but definitely false. Also, some of like our best friends don't share the same beliefs as us when it comes to faith and politics and lots yeah. of things like parenting. So yeah, I think it's really healthy to have good friends with people that don't share your same beliefs when it comes to everything. And it's also really healthy to have good friends, good friendships with people who burn for the things you burn for and share the same beliefs as you. Necessary. You have to have it's both. It's necessary. Totally. Both necessary. Yeah. True or false, you would consider a home birth? True. My biggest hesitation with that is my hemorrhaging and like... I'm a redhead and it's a thing with redheads and hemorrhaging. I hemorrhaged really bad with Bodhi and it was pretty traumatic and the most painful experience of my entire life, how they had to treat that. And I just have been advised by lots of people that have also hemorrhaged um, or midwives like that that would probably be a risky thing to do um, given my history with that. But other than that, like my labors are great and I'm a pretty good candidate for it. That's really the only thing. So if you've hemorrhaged and you have advice on that, yeah. shoot me a damn because I'd love to do it, but I just don't know if it's worth the risk. So you prefer natural remedies over pharmaceuticals. True. There's True. There's a few uh, questions that probably answer that question by now. Uh, you don't watch a lot of TV or movies. True. True. We watch shows and in seasons. So like after releasing a book. <laughs> We'll watch a, a series of a show or 
after writing a book, we'll watch a series of a show or... Or there's just something that really interests us. We'll yeah. watch a show, but we Usually never like watch shows. the same show twice. Yeah. We never just like have the TV on ever. Like we never just like, we yeah. never had a TV and in our bedroom. And that's not to... We never just have the TV on. Not to knock anyone that does not that. Not to knock anyone, but maybe maybe it is but to But also convict. maybe to challenge you a little bit. Yeah. Like, why do you have the TV on all the time if you do? I really wish we had one of those like things where you could hide your TV or like put yeah. it... Where, you know, I think art it'd be fascinating TV to actually... Where it looks like art. Yeah. They're so cool. Yeah. And we're not kidding. I mean, like, I think maybe in a year our TV's on for the total of like six hours. Oh, yeah. We do not turn our TV. The only time and, we and turn this, it on And is I'm like, talking like a sports game if a friend's over or, and they want to watch or something. Or Ember watching a show. Yeah, the shows, like, are, shows are if different. we have kids over because we have friends over and the kids are watching a show. Yeah, maybe we should classify it. Yeah, shows are different. We just then, we don't watch sports. We don't watch news. We don't watch those. But things. but here's the thing though. We're not we're, we're not on our phones a lot more though. We're on our phones a lot more. <laughs> I'm on YouTube a lot. Yeah. I watch a lot of YouTube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether yeah. it's research it's or figuring out how to build a knife or a resin table or a home or mm-hmm. you know, trying to all the th- random things I'm into. Like I watch a lot of YouTube. True. YouTube University. Last question. You both have naturally curly hair. True. True. And it's actually... So Audrey's hormones hair, messes hers up. But. My hair after having Bodhi has gotten straighter and straighter, which is weird. It's definitely the curls coming back, but I'm like, I wonder what will happen if and when, Lord willing, I get pregnant again. Like, will my hair go back to being more curly like it was? Because it's definitely lost some of its curl. Because it, it was like growing up, little orphan Annie curly. And so is Jeremy's. <laughs> So that sums up our little true false game. Hope it was uh Yeah. Enlightening well, for you, interesting, behind the scenes ish. All right, and now on to the farm. We have thought long and hard about how to share this, when to share, mm-hmm. you know, and we've also just been processing a lot. And there's definitely something to share. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to tell you the whole story or get into mm-hmm. context right now. We're just gonna we're gonna catch you guys up to speed in a short, short moment mm-hmm. and uh, move past this hump, if you will, and hopefully just answers, you know, the big broad question, what happened to the farm? Yes. So with that being said, you all I'm sure are well aware that um, you know the I've always wanted to buy the farm. We've always, once we got married, it became Audrey's dream as well. Mm-hmm. We, you know, had plans. That's and, why you guys are asking the question. Yeah. We've, like we've shared about it a lot. It's been our dream, something that we've worked towards and kind of mapped a lot of our decisions towards and mm-hmm. just been our dream. I mean, it's, it's really been like the kind of the North Star, the mm-hmm. desire of our heart, if you will, for for a, a long time. and. Yes. That might have been a little bit for us, which we're going to get to in a moment, part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And the Lord's been doing some cool things with that. So last year, we tried to buy the farm. It was the spring of 2020. We Sorry, I cracked my knuckle. <laughs> oh, that's okay. We tried to buy the farm, but realized that we were led to believe some things that weren't necessarily true. And there were just some curveballs that were kind of thrown our way, some unexpected things. 
And essentially it led to us realizing basically this becoming the death of a dream. Yeah. Um, a dream that we, like we said, worked so hard towards and been so hopeful for and been our North Star yeah. our entire marriage. And so that's kind of more what we want to focus on is not to get all hung up in the details and the full story. We don't feel like you guys need to know that. But what we do want to share and invite you into is how we're processing the death of our dream and how we're moving towards like what our vision for the future is, because we want to invite you into that vision for the future. And we feel like God is just stirring some some refining things in our hearts and um, showing us things that we couldn't see before. It's kind of like we, we've kind of talked about this like we well, first of all, death of a dream. We also feel like in some ways, Jeremy said that it's been kind of like our severe mercy. Like we have, well, you talk about that, babe. Yeah. Well, as many of you know as well, Severe Mercy is one of my favorite books and sorry, I'm going to give away the plot here, but um, (laughs) at the end of the book, you know, Sheldon loved Davy so much that she was actually the thing holding him back from God. So Mm -hmm. he wanted her more than he wanted God. And in the Lord's mercy, right, he took Davy. She essentially gave herself up for him because she knew this. And so the Lord could have both of them. And Sheldon later realized that and processed it. And it was really good, really healthy. And it beautiful, beautiful ending to the story, but it was her giving her life up for him was his severe mercy. It was a severe mercy for Mm -hmm. his soul, for the eternal life of his soul. And in some ways, this kind of feels like it's what I've been at least equating it to. It's just like, oh man, I really, really wanted that farm. (laughs) Um, And, you know, Mm -hmm. just with things that have come to pass, just realizing like that was maybe part of the problem. I wanted it more than literally anything. So that's a really healthy spot to be in. And that brings us to the point of kind Mm -hmm. of the realizing it's it's like the death of a dream. Yeah. And I think also to that, you know, it's kind of like if you're in a relationship, like if you're in love, right. And then you get out of that relationship and all of a sudden you see all of the the problems or you see the things you couldn't seen before because yeah. you're blinded by love. Yeah. And it's kind of like in a way, although the farm was sort of like this idol and we're realizing is maybe our severe mercy because we're seeing all of, we're seeing things that we couldn't have seen when we were so blinded by love. And so that's actually kind of exciting. It's this weird tension of emotions because while it's this death of a dream and been something that's been really, really hard for us in the past year, we also feel like the Lord has given us just a vision for the future that is different, but exciting us almost all the more in different ways. And it's, it's just been, well, really, we just, we feel, we feel like Holy smokes, like the whole world's just kind of opened yeah, up. Yeah, like our and North Star like, was taken away. So it's like, well, well where do we go? Let's, yeah, we're like, where do, where do we want to live? Do we want to live here? Like, where do we want to do this or that? And it's just like, do we actually want property? Yes. Okay. Let's continue to search and look mm-hmm. for that. And 
it's just we've been dreaming in fresh new ways and it's been really exciting, really cool. Mm -hmm. But it kind of took many months to, and we're honestly, we're still kind of processing uh, everything. But anyways, death of a dream. There's another thing that kind of came up. Babe, do you want to talk about? Yeah. So we, you know, we were listening to this church sermon and it was especially encouraging and just hopeful for us and also kind of motivating in this season because while we had this death of a dream, we still have the dream of having a farm someday and raising our kids on land. Like that dream is not going away. Yeah, <laughs> That's definitely something that Jeremy and I, it's like a deepest desire of our hearts. And so we were listening to this church sermon. It was actually Christine Kane was speaking at Bridgetown, which is the church that Jeremy and I met at. And she's talking about how she's telling the story in Acts 27 and 28, where Paul, they shipwreck on their way to Rome. So they're on the ship, huge storm comes, they're on their way to Rome, which is like their destination. It's their North Star. It's their dream to get to Rome. And the storm comes and they shipwreck on this island called Malta. And while they're on Malta, which is not where they want to be, they get there and there's this like, there's this line. She kind of jokes about it and we'll reference the podcast in the show notes if you guys want to go listen. It's really, really, really good. Just teaching. But anyways, she references this one of the scriptures in it where basically they're shipwrecked on Malta. And I think they maybe think they're going to die or something. Like, I don't remember all of the context, but they essentially just start serving. And one of the scriptures, I'm not going to be able to find it right now. Hold on. Let me see if I can find it right now. Oh, it says in Acts 28, three, Paul gathered a pile of brushwood and as he put it on the fire. So basically they get there and what they do is start building a fire. And then eventually they start healing people and they're basically serving. Well, on Malta, which they, is not where they want to be. They get to work. But they just get to work. And their character is proven in that moment. So what you do when things don't go according to plan is, in some sense, one of the truest things about you. And mm-hmm. I, what comes to my main mind, babe, just real quick, is that I think it's C.S. Lewis quote. And it's it's like the most honest testimony of a man is what he does when he's taken off guard. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's exact. Don't quote me. It's not yeah. maybe like the exact quote, but it's very similar. And I've always remembered that because I think it's such a great, it's just such a good line. The truest testimony of a man is how he responds mm-hmm. or acts when he's taken off guard. And here's Paul being shipwrecked on, oops, dropped my phone, being shipwrecked on Malta and he serves because mm-hmm. he's a servant. And so I just think that's I, a, that the reason why we tell the story and bring it up in the first place is like, yeah. as we're listening to it, there's a lot of other things in the teaching that really stood out to us and were convicting in totally different ways. It was just really, really good and powerful. But that piece specifically, we really related to, you know, Rome sort of being the farm and Malta sort of being where we are now, because even because we the thought past year, we were in route yeah, to we thought Rome, we were like route we, to Rome. we, and now we're shipwrecked. On yeah, Malta. we. <laughs> Every single decision we've made was to get us, put us in a position to be able to buy the farm. And then we found ourselves there and we tried to do it and we we're on our way to Rome. Yeah. So and- now we're on Malta, but we felt a little bit like in the past year, we've sort of been 
we were just inspired by how Paul used his time and the testament of his character, like Jeremy said, yeah. when they were on Malta, because we felt a little bit like, well, in that moment, challenged and motivated, are we serving on our Malta or are we just bummed out and throwing this pity party yeah. for ourselves? You know, knowing that we still have the that desire and they, they still made it to Rome, like they made it to Rome, yeah. but- and we still are very hopeful and definitely we want to invite you guys into our journey towards our, that was an awkward way to say it, but like <laughs> we want to invite you guys along on this journey as we continue to hopefully acquire a property someday. Like that is yeah, one well, of our biggest dreams yeah. and it still is. And that's why we're addressing this is because a lot of people are asking like, what happened? What are you doing? You haven't mentioned or talked about anything in so long. Right. This is some of that. And context. but while we figure out like, well, where is that property? Where do we go? Because every, yeah. like Jeremy said, and like we were talking about earlier, everything was kind of uprooted. Like we don't really know. Like we're we're being but, forced to ask ourselves a lot of questions that we wouldn't good. have otherwise asked. It's which good is that so we're asking. Good. Yeah. Totally good and totally refining and and producing a lot of growth in our marriage and our family and our life. But we also want to be purposeful while we're here on Malta right now in this waiting period before that happens. So I just wanted to share that a little bit. Again, we'll reference the podcast in the show notes. But we also wanted to read this liturgy because we talk about this book all the time on the podcast, the Every Moment Holy Book of Liturgies. But there's a liturgy in it called The Death of a Dream. And it's just really beautiful and I mean, I don't know if you're listening to this podcast right now and maybe you have experienced the death of a dream in 2020. Maybe you went through something that was extremely hard. Your North Star got, you know, you're changing course. You feel like you're on Malta right now. I feel like if that's you or has been you in the past year or has been you at any point in your life, this death of the dream liturgy will be encouraging, mm-hmm. hopefully comforting and ho- hopefully give you some hope like it has us. So before I read that, though, babe, is there anything else you want to add? Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe, uh, we, again, this is, like we mentioned in the beginning, super short, brief context. It gets us over the hump so we can start sharing our, our you just kind yeah, of, we want, to invite, what, we want to invite you guys into the future and what we've been doing, which we haven't really been sharing in a while. And I think a lot of you have noticed that. So mm-hmm. just we're trying to be respectful of the situation and everyone mm-hmm. and and tackle this uh, in a specific way. But we definitely felt like it needed a brief moment. And so we hope that that happened. Mm-hmm. And babe, carry it away. Here we go. A liturgy for the death of a dream. Oh Christ, in whom the final fulfillment of all hope is held secure. I bring to you now the weathered fragments of my former dreams, the broken pieces of my expectations, the rent patches of hopes worn thin, the shards of some shattered image of life as I once thought that it would be. What I so wanted has not come to pass. I invested my hopes in desires that returned only sorrow and frustration. Those dreams like glimmering fairy feasts could not sustain me. And in my head, I know that you are sovereign even over this, over my tears, my confusion, and my disappointment. But I still feel in this moment as if I've been abandoned, as if you do not care that these hopes have collapsed to rubble. And yet I know this is not so. You are the sovereign of my sorrow. You apprehend a wider sweep with wiser eyes than mine. 
My history bears the fingerprints of grace. You were always faithful, though I could not always trace quick evidence of your presence in my pain. Yet did you remain at work, lurking in the wings, sifting all my splinterings for bright embers that might be breathed into more eternal dreams. It's my favorite part. I have seen so oft in retrospect how you have not neglected me, but had, with a master's care, flared my desire like silver in a crucible to burn away some lesser longing and bring about your better vision. also feel like that's kind of what's happening. So let me remain tender now to how you would teach me. My disappointments reveal so much about my own agenda for my life and the ways I quietly demand that it should play out free of conflict, free of pain, free of want. My dreams are all so small. Your bigger purpose has always been for my greater good, that I would day to day be fashioned into a more fit vessel for the indwelling of your spirit and molded into a more compassionate emissary of your coming kingdom. And you, in love, will use all means to shape my heart into those perfect forms. So let this disappointment do its work. My truest hopes have never failed. They have merely been buried beneath the shoveled muck of disillusion or encased in a carapace of self-serving desire. It is only false hopes that are brittle, shattering like shells of thin glass to reveal the diamond hardness of the unshakable, eternal hopes within. So shake and shatter all that would hinder my growth, O God. Unmask all false hopes that my one true hope might shine out unclouded and undimmed. So let me be tutored by this new disappointment. Let me listen to its holy whisper that I might release at last these lesser dreams. That I might embrace the better dreams you dream for me and for your people and for your kingdom and for your creation. Let me join myself to these, investing all hope in the one hope that will never come undone or betray those who place their trust in it. Teach me to hope, O Lord, always and only in you. You are the king of my collapse. You answer not what I demand, but what I do not even know to ask. Now take this dream, this husk, this chaff of my desire, and give it back reformed and remade according to your better vision, or do not give it back at all. Here in the ruins of my wrecked expectation, let me make this best confession. Not my dreams, O Lord, not my dreams, but yours be done. Amen. <laughs>